Not All Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and this is episode number 460. As part of our Smithsonian Associates Art of Living streaming series, our guest today is historian, academic, Dr. Alan Pietrobon. Dr. Alan Pietrobon will be presenting via Zoom at the Smithsonian Associates streaming program Wednesday, July 8th, 2020, and the title of his presentation and the subject of our conversation today is The Great American Road Trip. Yeah. <laughs> Details are available on our website about Zoom. But just in time for the summer road trip season, Dr. Alan Pietrobon, an assistant professor of global affairs at Trinity Washington University and an award-winning historian, takes us on a literary journey that explores the nature and impact of American travel stories. Perhaps no genre of story is so typically American than the travel story narrative. From chronicles of the settlement of the West to the modern cross-country road trip, travel story narratives have infused American history and popular culture. Many of these stories are written from the perspective of travelers who found themselves to be outsiders along the way, from Mark Twain's Life on the Mississippi to John Steinbeck's Travels with Charlie to Jack Kerouac's On the Road. And in most of these cases, most of these stories have a protagonist who's positioned as the explorer in a new and unfamiliar landscape, whether that be Jim Crow-era Alabama or the American West. This protagonist is on a journey of self-discovery to encounter the real America. These are great stories. What is so compelling about travel stories? What can they teach us about American history, culture, and society? Dr. Alan Pietrobon will answer those questions and more during our interview today. So please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, Dr. Alan Pietrobon. Dr. Alan Pietrobon, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's good to talk to you, too. I, this is going to be a fun subject, and I, I think we need a little fun right now. And, we're, of course, we're <laughs> going to talk about road trips, which I think is exciting. I went on many, many road trips. I know our audience will relate very well. But why don't you tell us a little bit about your upcoming Smithsonian Associates Zoom presentation? Just <laughs> briefly kind of get us in the mood. And then and then I think because it's Zoom, you know, we all have a uh, maybe a little bit of an understanding as to how Zoom works, but everybody likes to kind of treat it a little bit differently. Maybe tell us how you're going to engage the audience with uh, with your presentation. Right, absolutely. Um, I will start by saying this is my favorite talk to give um, because <laughs> uh, it's the one that generates the most interest. Everyone loves yeah. road trips. Yeah. Um, I, I will say uh, as a caveat, I've, I've given this talk before and so I've learned a few things, one of which is I'll start by saying what it's not going to be which is this will not be a talk on how to plan your own road trip and where you should travel. Uh, there's almost always one who's like, wait a minute, I thought we were going to get travel advice. Uh, instead, we're going to be looking at the cultural history of the road trip throughout American history, what it has provided to American society, why it is so central to the American narrative, you know, traveling in general, and why is it ultimately that so many Americans love road trips and these <laughs> fond memories of them? Um, so we'll begin right back in the 1800s uh, before, of course, there were cars and we'll move up through how travel had changed. 
um, and what it was providing to Americans through the railroad era, through the advent of the automobile right up until, and we'll end around the 1980s, but we will certainly talk about that golden era of the 1950s, 60s, 70s road trips. Mm -hmm. And Zoom, of course, is uh, a different medium, but luckily, uh, unlike many who sort of learned about Zoom for the first time three months ago and scrambled mm -hmm. to figure it out. <laughs> I've actually been teaching online and giving online presentations for about five years now. And so I've learned how to effectively use uh, the method, which is I've found that um, I, a, a great way to incorporate some live videos, some, or I guess not live, but pre-recorded videos some uh, um, historic film clips of, of road trips from the 1950s overlaid on images and voiceovers. And I can put all that together with uh, um, pretty well, I, if I may say so myself, quite seamlessly. So we'll have a pretty vibrant, um, um, exciting presentation incorporating uh, historical newsreels and images from uh, back from the 1800s up until the present. So I'm excited to deliver it online even. Uh, yeah, I, this is exciting. I, I'm excited to, to learn more about it. I know our audience will. I've had a chance to learn a little bit already from Smithsonian about the presentation. It, it really, I think, is going to be a captivating one. It really, um, really grab us. And and I think it's just in time for summer when road trips are just such a, a you know, a, a great thing for families and for all of us to be doing. I think especially these days in the times of of COVID. But let me jump back and ask you, what is it that road trips, why, why are we so fond of road trips? What What makes them so popular? Yeah. That is one of the things I've pondered. Um, to give a bit more background here, this talk actually comes out of a class I teach called The Great American Road Trip that I created a few years ago. And I got into this because I, like many, love road trips. I love reading travel stories. And when I got to thinking about, well, what is it? If we look at this uh, phenomenon uh, uh, academically, why is it that so many Americans are so fond of road trips? What it, why is this a near uniquely American thing? There are other countries, of course, that um, have travel narratives, but the, the iconic road trip is really identified with the United States. And as, as one side note, that sort of uh, is the, it proves the point almost, you know, we've been through these COVID lockdowns in these times and where uh, I am, I don't know where all your listeners are, are tuning in from, but where I am in Montgomery County, just outside Washington, D.C., we had a pretty strict lockdown. But it was telling that you, of course, were encouraged not to leave your home unless it was for essential purposes, grocery shopping, medical visits, or if you were an essential worker. But one of the exceptions was you could go for a leisure drive. You were allowed to just drive around for fun without having uh, an essential purpose. And I found that really telling that you know, in this national crisis, one of the exceptions we make is you can get in your car and burn off steam while burning off fuel, I guess, uh, um, that this was central to Americans' identity. And that speaks to what makes the road trip so popular, which is it is really this uh, uh, bastion of freedom. That although many like traveling, I don't know uh, about you, Paul, but I often get nervous mm -hmm. when I'm flying and it's, mm -hmm. you know, even though statistically you are far safer in an airplane than you are in a car, um, but it's that sense of control 
I'm not the one in control of the flight or if I'm taking a train. But when I get in my car and I travel, it's where I want to travel on my schedule. I'm in complete control. And the other aspect, I think, in our modern era, just in general, where people are very, very busy, work is, is you know, challenging and takes up a lot of time. If you've got kids, often with homework and school and, and, and ballet practice and soccer practice and, and this overscheduling of our busy modern lives, the road trip is one of the rare times where you get to be with your family um, for long periods of time where you're just together in the car. And although we have those tropes of the kids fighting in the back seat and asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? It is this moment of forced togetherness, this forced bonding that creates really fond memories. I got to thinking in my own, just anecdotally in my own life, some of the family trips I remember the most were our road trips, which we often flew on vacation, we often stayed close to home, but on those long journeys, they're the ones that stick out vividly in my mind because it was this real sense of being together with my parents and my sibling. And I think that's all of these feed into why Americans look fondly upon road trips. We are with Dr. Alan Pietrobon. Dr. Pietrobon will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates program coming up. It's Wednesday, July 8th. It is going to be on the Great American Road Trip. It's going to be a great program. I really am excited about this, Dr. Pietrobon. And I think it is going to be exciting for our audience. I wonder if you'd spend a minute or two telling us about some of the most famous road trips that you've researched. Because in my research of you, I found that you've really looked into kind of a, a, a whole range of, of period road trips, including Mark Twain's Life on the Mississippi, John Steinbeck's Travels with Charlie, Jack Kerouac. These are all really iconic road trips, really. So, so tell us what, what you learned in, in, in doing some of that research. Right. Uh, this is one of the most difficult parts of designing the, this class that I teach on campus. We have uh, 16 weeks and there are far more than 16 books uh, out there on road trips. So <laughs> selecting which ones we really want to dig into and these students read a book a week. Um, and this talk at the Smithsonian is sort of a distillation of what we've learned from this study. Um, one of the things you mentioned, uh, John Steinbeck's Travels with Charlie, Whenever I tell people, especially people who may have grown up or in the 50s, 60s, even in the 70s, when I tell them I teach this course on road trips and we read a number of these iconic books, the response I get most often is, oh, do you read Travels with Charlie? And at first, I didn't really know why. I mean, Travels with Charlie is a great book, but like, why was it that that book had such an impact on people who read it, that they remember it even decades later. This book was written in 1962. And it, it, it's partly a, a bit of background. John Steinbeck, of course, being most famous for writing The Grapes of Wrath in the 1930s, which itself is a travel uh, narrative. But in the 60s, he's towards the end of his life. He knows he's only got a few years left. Um, the country seems to be being pulled apart with the... Uh, um, issues over civil rights, with growing protest against the accelerating Vietnam War, with these sorts of things that are a real fraught moment in American history. And Steinbeck writes this book because he wants to set off to find the real America, um, that, that this more um, 
simple America, this more honest and, and, and normal America, that somehow there's this idea that if I just leave my home, and he's living up in Maine at the time, and, and travel, I'll find what America really is, not what I see on my television set of just division and, and, and politics. And I think one of the reasons that book stands out in many people's mind is because this is a very common theme of American travel writing. You see it in Jack Kerouac's book, uh, On the Road, the most famous book of the Beat Generation, where he too says, they set off on the road to find, um, he doesn't use the phrase, the real America, but he wants to find the uh, post-Whitman America, referring to Walt Whitman, you know, the late 19, or late 1800s. He's trying to find this simpler, more honest America of real, true American values. And so a lot of these books are revolving around this theme of someone setting off to either find themselves, discover something about themselves, or to find the, again, your listeners can't see, but I'm putting in scare quotes, the, uh, or air quotes, the, the real America. And of course, none of these writers ever actually find it. <laughs> um, so it's like we're chasing this myth that exists in our minds and maybe in our pop culture, but by traveling, we're trying to find this um, simpler, easier time of relaxation. Or briefly on the flip side, um, in, in selecting these books, I try to get some iconic books, of course, but I also want to bring in some voices we don't often hear. Um, and one of those voices is there's a Native American writer by the name of William Least Heat Moon, who writes another, in fact, one of my favorite books, uh, Blue Highways. And his book, encompasses the other reason Americans travel. It's either to go off and discover yourself and see the beauty and, and, and find real American values, or Americans take to the road to renew themselves. When life has fallen apart, you head off in search of, of a new start. And Least Heat Moon, uh, in 1978, he loses his job, he gets divorced, and he takes to the road um, as this almost cleansing um, act to reset his life and, and have a new beginning. So we have some of these common themes that are woven through the most iconic of American books that speaks to almost this existential feeling inside many Americans, um, which is why perhaps they're so drawn to these stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm always drawn to travel stories too. I I think they they teach us a little bit, you know, and 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 as you say, it's it's about a simpler, easier time, but it, I think it teaches us a little bit about our our history and our culture and society. You, you agree? I absolutely do. Yes. Yeah. And and one of the things, you know, ultimately, for to, to draw big, broad conclusions about what American travel narratives do teach us about uh, society, one of the arguments um, is there. In the, I'm blanking on the date, in the 1890s, I think it was 1893, there's a historian named Frederick Jackson Turner who writes about what the, at the time, what the frontier, so basically traveling west, what that is providing to Americans. Because beginning in the 1840s, when gold is discovered out west, this sparks the wagon trains and then later the Transcontinental Railroad um, to help people migrate into the West and find their fortune. And it 
echoes that theme that I just mentioned that, well, if you can't make a go of it in uh, an eastern city, you can always head west, right? What's that saying? Go west, young man. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And so Turner is arguing that traveling in American history, the fact that we can set off and, and try to um, um, reset our lives is what makes America, America, that the ability to travel into the unknown, to push yourself past your limits, to discover these new lands, uh, to get a new start, that's what gives Americans their unique, rugged individuality. It's what gives Americans their toughness, their sense of, of adventure, and their, their sort of bootstrapping initiative, that this travel west is the renewal and generation uh, generator of american life and so his argument uh, ultimately is that by the 1890s we've discovered everything out west there's no land left to settle and he worries well what will america become if we can't travel anymore and we know now because we can look back that actually america didn't fall apart we still have individualism and all of this But the second thing that travel stories teach us about our culture is that everything I've just described, uh, even the description of if you ask many Americans, well, what do you associate with when I tell you like road trip, you know, give me the first words that come to mind. And many might say, oh, it's fun. It's adventurous. You get to see beautiful things. You have the freedom of the open road. And all of that is true. But many of these road trip narratives, the most iconic ones in American culture and history, are a very narrow perspective. This is a white male perspective. And so in pulling in some other literature and looking at what does a road trip look like um, and what does travel do if you're African-American, if you're a woman? And there are precious few road trip stories written by African-Americans and by women because their experiences on the road are very different than if you are a white middle-class American man. So one of the things we'll briefly touch on in this Smithsonian talk is um, what does travel look like if you're African-American, especially before the Civil Rights Act, where it could be quite dangerous to travel. It's not the same fun-loving, discover yourself, find the real America type of story. So I try to bring in uh, many perspectives through the eyes of, of other people as well. Fascinating. You know, I really hadn't thought about it from that perspective, of course. I'm, a, I'm an older white male, and, and I probably do just uh, uh, narrowly look at, at some of these subjects. And, and so I think this will be a really timely uh, examination of... of um, the nature and impact of, of these American travel stories. So, Dr. Alan Pietrobon, thank you so much for your time. This is going to be a wonderful presentation. I just encourage all of our audience to check this out. We'll put links up to where you can find out more information about the presentation, as well as more information about Dr. Alan Pietrobon. But thank you so much. We look forward to catching up to you again. Maybe we'll have you back sometime. We'll talk about the planning part of road trips too, Dr. Pietrobon. <laughs> we'll get our old paper maps out and and figure it out but i appreciate being here i'm very excited uh, to be on your show and to give this talk on uh, uh, july 8th so thank you for having me on you are welcome 
<laughs> Dr. Alan Pietrobon. Dr. Alan Pietrobon is a historian and academic, and Dr. Alan Pietrobon will be presenting via Zoom at the Smithsonian Associates Streaming Series Wednesday, July 8th, 2020. And the title of his presentation is The Great American Road Trip. Details are available on our website about Zoom. Thank you to the Smithsonian for arranging today's interview and for all they do to support the show. My thanks to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Please practice smart social distancing. Be well, be healthy, and talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.